Hallelujah. Thank you for coming. I'm so grateful to God for another chance to, to speak the word of God, to another chance to study, another chance to look into the words that came out of the mouth of the living God. We understand that what we are learning is the word of God and the word of God came from God's mouth and before it came out of God's mouth, it was in his thought. What he thought, he spoke. And the more, we, more time we meditate on the word of God, we spend time hearing it, we spend time thinking about it, we spend time speaking it. What we are doing, it, doing is we are thinking like God. We are changing our thinking to God's thinking. We are starting to think like God, we are starting to speak like God and we are starting to get results like God. That's why we are gathered together. Hallelujah. And we have been um, studying on the baptism of the Holy Spirit recently as part of the foundational doctrines. We have seen, hallelujah, in Acts chapter 1 Jesus, uh, verse 8, Jesus said, And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. Jesus himself is speaking here. And he is speaking this to his disciples after he rose again from the dead. He spent 40 days after his resurrection with the disciples. He spent 40 days teaching them. As you go through the book of John, towards the last chapters, you will see he expounded the scripture. He explained scripture to them. 40 days, a crash course by Jesus before he ascended. Before he went up to heaven. After he is resurrected. And he is there in a special body. A body that can come through the walls. Even though the doors were locked. We see in John chapter 20. Uh, the doors were locked. But he still came in. He came in. And he spent 40 days with them. Teaching them. About what? About the Holy Spirit. And just before he ascended. He told them. You will receive power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That means he's telling them there is something that is going to happen to you when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will receive power. Power for what? He said, and then you shall be witnesses unto me in Judea, Samaria uh, uh, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Starting from Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. When will you be a witness of Jesus? After you receive the power. When will you receive the power? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So by this time, if you see, the, the, all the disciples, they were all born again. Because now they believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They believe that He came, He paid the price for their sin. They saw that He died, He rose again the third day and, and He's there. So they believed on it. So they are born again and then you see uh, Jesus telling them, He breathed upon them and said, receive the Spirit. So they were born again. They had the Holy Spirit in them. Then he said, that's not enough. There is another experience that, is, uh, that, is gonna, uh, that, that, is, that comes after the born again experience. That is receiving the Holy Spirit upon you with power. That is a different experience altogether. For example, if you have a glass, for ex if, consider, think that this is a glass of water. The water inside the glass is only affecting the inside of the glass. You move it around, where is the water impacting? Only the inside of the vessel. But imagine if it is overflowing. If I keep this here, 
if, and if the water is overflowing from this, it will affect everything. My phone is kept, it will uh, wet my phone, it will affect everything. It'll, if it falls down, it will affect the carpet. That means the more the water is overflowing from this, it will affect everything. But the water in the vessel is for the vessel. Jesus said in John chapter 4, you, when you, he that believes on me, he will receive uh, uh, in him will be a wellspring of living water. That he was talking. Let's read that. Let's read that. I want you to see that. Let's go to John chapter 4. Where he is with the woman at the well. In chapter 4 verse um, 14. Verse 13 and 14 we will read. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I shall give shall never thirst. But the water I shall give him shall be in, in, in him a well of, well of water springing up unto everlasting life. One translation says a well spring of everlasting life. So he is talking about a well here in a person. And, and it says, um, he, and as you continue down, he is talking about the spirit. As you continue down, you will see he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So here he is talking about a person having the Holy Spirit inside him. And he, exp he goes on to explain it in John chapter 14. The benefit of having the Holy Spirit inside you. He said, he is there to guide you into all the truth and show you things to come. He will be your comforter. He will be your counselor. It is for you, for the believer, for the personal benefit for the believer to have the Holy Spirit inside you, to be led by the Spirit of God. But then there is a second experience where the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You are filled with the Spirit and you are overflowing. That, he says, he explains that in John chapter 7. Let's read that. John chapter 7, he talks about it. Verse 38, it says, He that believes on me, the script, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Look at that. In the first instance, it was a well. Here he is talking about rivers of living water. The well is for personal use. But the rivers are for others. It's to affect other people's lives. So, the Holy Spirit coming upon you with power, what is the reason? Jesus said, after you receive the Holy Spirit upon you with power, you will be a witness. That means for somebody else. So, the, it is like the rivers flowing out of you, it is for other people. It is to affect other people's life. That's what I said. If the water is overflowing from this, it is affecting everything else. That is the effect of the baptism in the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit comes upon you with power. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. It is to affect other people's life primarily. So that you can be a witness. You can be a witness of the goodness of God. And that will lead other people to repentance. Hallelujah. So we've been seeing this. We saw in the scripture many instances where people filled with the Holy Spirit. They were, and what was the symptom? What they, I mean, sorry, what was the effect of people being filled with the Holy Spirit? It was followed with signs and wonders and miracles. 
we saw last week in Acts chapter 4 where they preached, where they prayed and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happened? The people went and preached and it, fo it was followed with signs and wonders. What is the use of the power? Power is so that you can affect somebody's life. When you pray for someone, when the blind start seeing, when the deaf start hearing, what is that? It's a display of the power. When the lame starts walking, it's a display of the power. When that happens, people will not ask many questions. They will believe. They will believe. Otherwise, when you try and go and share about Jesus with somebody, you say something, they will ask a hundred questions, you will run out of answers, you will say, uh, I don't know, I will ask and come. I don't know the whole answer. But when you prayed for that person and that person got healed, they will believe. They will believe. It's always the filling of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with power is so that other people can believe. There will be signs and wonders following. So if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you speak with other tongues, with, that means you have received the power. But filling one time is not enough. If you have a water tank at your house for your, for, to use for your house, the water supply for your house, Filling the tank one time is not enough to, to, to fulfill your water requirements for the whole week. No, unless you have a huge tank. No, you have to keep filling it up, keep filling it up, keep filling it up because it comes down. So that's why Ephesians 4.18 says, Do not be unwise, but know what the will of the Lord is, redeeming the time. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine but be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. Be constant. That means it's a constant experience, everyday experience of being filled, being filled, being filled. Why? So every day you can display the power of God. That's why this is given. That's why Jesus said, you receive it, receive it, be filled, be filled. And the, when the first time the, the believers received the Holy Spirit, it was the evidence was they spoke with other tongues. And as you continue in, in the book of Acts, you will see in Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 8, in many different places, you will see the evidence of the Holy Spirit coming and filling people is that they speak in other tongues. So, if you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the, what is the evidence? You speak with other tongues. We can say it the other way also. Many people have no idea about this. So, they speak in tongues, but they have no idea what this is for. What this is for. So, if you speak in tongues, what is the use of that? Primarily to affect other people. To be a witness that Jesus is alive. He is resurrected. He is alive and He is changing lives. So, when you pray for somebody, when the power is manifesting, what is happening? They got healed. Their life just got changed. And they believed. They saw the goodness of God. What did the goodness of God do to them? They got healed. Somebody is getting healed. Is it good or bad? It's good. That's the goodness of God that is being shown in their life. So, what happens? When they experience the goodness of God, they repent. They change their thinking. They call upon Jesus. That's why we need this power. That's why we, every single believer, need to be filled and be filled and be filled and be filled every day. So, you're available to be a witness. Anytime, anywhere. Somebody, you see somebody with a need, go there, lay your hands on them, pray for them. You will see the power of God flowing through you. But it takes faith. If you don't believe, 
Mark chapter 16 verse 17, Jesus said, These signs will follow them that believe. Them that believe. And then it says, they will speak with another tongue. Then it says, it continued to say, they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. It started with, they can cast out demons. They will speak with other tongues. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not, it shall not affect them. They lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. All these are supernatural things. They are not natural thing. First of all, a person being demon possessed, you can't see the demon inside. But you know, based on how they act outside, you know that's a demon. Or sometimes the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. And you cast them out. How is that? It's a display of the power. Speaking in tongues is a display of the power. You drink some deadly thing and it did not affect you. I'm not saying go purposefully and drink something deadly. No, no. It didn't affect, it won't affect you. Why? Because that's a display of the power. You lay your hands on someone and pray for them and they got healed. What is that? A display of the power. These are all supernatural things which is associated with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as you continue Mark 16, the, the last verse it says, and, and they went about preaching and the Lord confirmed it with signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. So, this power, this receiving this power is always followed with signs and wonders. That's why we need this. Every single believer needs to receive it. And what is the evidence? You speak in tongues. So we studied a little bit about speaking in tongues. We saw that when you speak in tongues, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 says, You are speaking to God and no man understands. When you speak in tongues, you are speaking to God. Whatever it is. You can, I, when, when I say, I did not understand what I said. But according to scripture, I just spoke to God. I am not talking to man. So man need not understand. I am talking to God. As long as God understands, it is okay. I am not talking to man. Bible says, no man understand. When Bible says, no man understand, don't try to understand. Hallelujah. And who, who is speaking here? Verse 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, chapter 14, verse 14 says, When I speak in tongue, my spirit, my born again spirit prays. My born again spirit is praying, is speaking to God. And who gives you the word? Acts chapter 2, verse 4 says, As the spirit gave them utterance. So what is speaking in tongues? It is your born again spirit speaking to God with a language that you, your head doesn't understand, with words that is given by the Holy Spirit. I'll repeat that. What is speaking in tongues is your born-again spirit speaking to God in a language that your head doesn't understand, but the words are given by the Holy Spirit. That is speaking in tongues. So, we, last week we saw that Speaking in tongues or the baptism in the Holy Spirit is always associated with the glory of God. It's a manifestation of the glory of God. Hallelujah. So let's look at the life of Jesus. Let's look at John chapter 2. Let's go to John chapter 2. Or let's see John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, as you come down to the bottom, you see that Jesus being uh, baptized, the Holy Spirit come, uh, coming upon him as a spirit. You will see that. Um, let me get that. Sorry. It's in chapter. 
yeah, chapter 1. It's, and then it, it immediately it followed into chapter 2, verse 1, it talks about the wedding, the marriage at Cana. And then there he did the miracle and then let me just get that verse here. I didn't plan to say this, but... Um, yeah, verse 10. And said unto them, every man at the beginning... Okay, verse 11 says... The beginning of the miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and the disciples believed on him. Look at that. What happened? When he started performing the miracles, when did he start performing the miracles? After the Holy Spirit came upon him. After that, what happened? The miracles started happening. When that happened, what does the Bible says? It is showing forth, it is displaying the glory of God. And what is the result of it? The disciples believed. The disciples believed. That's a result of having the Holy Spirit coming upon you. Jesus needed it. Jesus needed it. He had the Spirit in its fullness, so He did not have to speak in other tongues. But we are different. Right now we are like Him. We are like Him. We had to be born again. Hallelujah. And now we have the Spirit coming upon us with power and we are being a resurrected we are being a witness of the resurrected Christ now what is the result of this we are manifesting his glory 1 John 4:17 says as he is so are we in this world so whatever happened to Jesus the same thing is happening to us John chapter 14 verse 12 Jesus said whatever i did you will do also even greater things and what is the result of doing the same thing Jesus did manifestation of the glory of god it's a manifestation of the glory of God. And what is the result of that? People believe. We saw uh, an example in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, let's read that. Here, it's talking about Elimus the sorcerer who was with, who withstood Paul in verse 8. But Elimus the sorcerer withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, you child of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you. You shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and darkness. And he went about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Look at that. What happened? Paul filled with the Holy Spirit, said something. What happened? A miracle happened. That sorcerer who was opposing them, he became blind for a season. A supernatural event occurred. When Paul he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he said something. And what is the result of it? The result is in verse 12. The next verse says, Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. See, the guy did not believe first. As if you read before, it says, verse, eight, verse 7 says, Who was the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent or intelligent man, He's a very highly intellectual person. 
for him it has to make sense a very highly intellectual person he was speaking with paul discussing and then this guy the sorcerer was opposing them then paul filled with the holy spirit said them said something and a miracle happened a supernatural event followed when a person filled with the holy spirit said something and the result was the deputy who was a highly intelligent man he believed he believed when he saw with his physical eyes what was done many people they believe when the miracle happened when the power is displayed so we need this power we need this power we need to expect this power to manifest if you are not expecting this power to manifest you are not being a true witness of christ So every time you go out to pray for somebody every time you uh, you you speak about Jesus to someone always always expect the power to manifest and be and for that to happen you have to be filled with the spirit constantly by praying in tongues you are being ready for the power to manifest that's why we need this we need this in acts chapter 7 we see uh Stephen sorry acts chapter 6 Stephen He was selected to serve tables why because he was a man full of the holy spirit and faith because he was full of the holy spirit what happened signs and wonders followed and because of that what happened many people believed many people believed so we need to constantly be being filled with the spirit so that we can expect the power to manifest and as a result people will believe people will believe the manifestation of a power is a manifestation of the glory of god we saw last week about creation in hebrews chapter 2 in hebrews chapter 2 let's look at that in verse um verse 4 it says god also be, sorry we will read verse uh 6 but one testified in a certain place saying what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you take care of him you've made him a little lower lower than the angels you have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands here the writer of the book of hebrews is quoting psalms chapter 8 let's go to psalms chapter 8 psalms chapter 8 verse 4 onwards we'll read from verse 3 it says when i consider that your heavens the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you ordain what is man that you are mi- mindful of him what is the son of man that you visit him look at that it said when you look at the stars and the heavens comparing to all this what is man what is man compared to all these great stars and things and then he said verse 6 verse 5 you made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor the word angels here is elohim so it is not actually talking about angels it is talking about god the actual meaning is you made him a little lower than elohim elohim means supreme god they saying who is man that you made him a little lower than god himself the creator of heaven and earth you made him a little lower than man himself god himself and crowned him with with glory crowned him with glory 
we know from genesis that man was made in god's image god created man in his own image in his likeness so does god have the glory yes so when he made man in his image and likeness we were originally made for glory so that's what this verse says who is man psalms chapter 8 verse 5 that you made him a little lower than elohim and crowned him with glory and honor you made him to have dominion over the works of your hand and put all things under his feet look at that everything god made man in his image crowned him with the glory and honor and put everything under his feet that's what he told adam he said now go and have dominion so the original purpose of man was to display the glory of god full of glory he was covered in the glory of god when god made adam in in genesis chapter 2 towards the end it it is written they were naked but they did not feel ashamed they did not feel any shame why because they were covered in the glory of god they are covered their spirit came from god their spirit was connected to the life that came from god but when adam sinned that connection in the spirit was cut off his spirit died then that glory that covered them was removed suddenly they became they they just felt something went something went off something is gone and then they started looking at themselves are there's nothing covering us there was something covering them before that was the glory of god bible says god created man and crowned him with glory and honor the glory of god man was originally supposed to reflect the glory of god because when you look at man you're supposed to see god the same way god rules over everything man was supposed to rule over the earth have dominion over everything a reflection of the glory of god that is what man was supposed to be that is how god created man when adam sinned he was cut off from the glory that's why romans 6 says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god we fell short we fell short of the glory that glory was gone that is what the the the, the apostle is writing in hebrews chapter 2 he's writing same psalms 8 verse 5 he said he's repeating the same verse who is man who is man that you are so mindful of him you crown you made him a little lower than god crowned him with glory and honor let's continue reading and in verse say verse 8 and verse 9 it says but we see jesus who was made a little lower than angels again it means god and suffering death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of god might taste death for everyone that is hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 it says jesus tasted death for everyone why so we can have life he tasted death so everybody can enjoy life and what happened man was originally created to reflect the glory of god he was crowned with glory when he sinned he fell short of the glory jesus came as a man and then what happened he restored that glory he got that glory back for man he got that glory how by tasting death god told adam the day you eat of it you will surely die 
So death entered when man sinned and fell short of the glory. So Jesus, by tasting death, restored the glory. Restored the glory. So today what is the result? Next, next verse says, verse 10, For it was fitting him for whom were all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory. Look at that. What did Jesus do? He brought many sons to glory. That's what Jesus did. We fell short of the glory. By what he did, he brought us all back to glory. And today, we are supposed to reflect the glory of God. How does it happen? By the baptism in the Holy Spirit. By the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is very important. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is a receiving of power so you can be a witness of Christ. See, the word witness, you will see that normally used in the court of law. That means a witness is a person who is reflecting an incident that happened before. Yes or no? When you, what do you know about the word witness? That means he was there when an incident happened. He was there. What is he doing? What are his words doing? His words are bringing an incident, bringing something else into manifestation. Something that happened before, by his words, he is bringing that into reality. Are you seeing that? Are you understanding? When the judge asked him, were you there? Did you see? He said, yes, my Lord, I was there. I saw him do that. Then what is happening? His words are adding weight. So how, what does it mean for you to be a witness? We did not see Jesus. We did not see him die on the cross. We did not see him, see him being his body put in the grave. We did not see the stone being rolled away. We did, we did not see him rise from the dead. We did not see him ascend to heaven. Then how can you be a witness? That's why you need the power. When the power is manifested, when the deaf starts hearing, when the lame starts walking, when, the, when, when blind starts seeing, what is that? A display of the power. It shows Jesus is alive. What is happening? The glory of God is being manifested, is being reflected through you. You just became a vessel to display the glory of God. So baptism in the Holy Spirit is always associated with the display of the glory of God. We have to understand this. Any time you speak in tongues, any time you are, you, you are, you are just spending time praying in tongues, you are, you are opening yourself to be a channel to display the glory of God. You are opening yourself to be a channel to display the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That is what this power is. What is the power? In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 it says, It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. If it can raise Jesus from the dead, it can, raise, uh, it can cause the blind to see. It can cause the lame to walk. It can raise a spiritually dead person Make, them, make him alive. That is why you need this power. You need this power. And what is the evidence that you have received the power? You speak in tongues. Unfortunately, many people do not know the value of this. They just use it to just for praise and worship in church for half an hour, ten minutes. That's it. Over. But Bible says, be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. So we don't have an excuse. So this is the way I put it. If you are not eating food, if you are not drinking water, if you are not speaking to somebody, and if you are not sleeping, 
All the rest of the time is an opportunity to speak in tongues. Why? You are connected to the power of heaven. You are connected to the generator of heaven. So you are constantly charged. It's like keeping your phone fully charged. You can have the latest iPhone with all the latest features. But if there is no power, no use. No use. So to utilize the full features of the phone, you need it to be connected to power. That's why we need to be connected to the generator of heaven by praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you're that power, you're recharging yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Um, let's look at that. There's so many things in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It says, verse 4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Look at that. It says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. The meaning of the word edify is, is charging himself up. Charging himself up. It's like the phone. What, what do you do? When you connect it to the power, it is charging up. It is charging so it can be of use. You can display the features of that phone. You can display the capability of that phone. To display the capability and the features of that phone, you need power. To display the glory of God that, you are, that is in you, to display the power of God that you have, you have to be constantly connected. To display resurrection power, you need to be connected to the generators of heaven. And that is praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. There are many other benefits of praying in tongues. We saw, we saw what it means. Praying in tongues means it is your spirit speaking to God in a language that you don't understand, your head doesn't understand, but the words are given by the Holy Spirit. That is speaking in tongues. But what is happening when you speak in tongues? You're being charged. That power, you're being filled with the spirit you are being ready for the manifestation of the glory of god manifestation of the power of god it's the same power that raised christ from the dead same power not uh, not any lower power you are being charged and you are being a vessel for the same power that raised jesus from the dead to show up it's the same power not any other power but now we're going to look at the personal benefits of praying in tongues. There are so many personal benefits. Number one, when you speak in tongues, it's your primary communication to God. Your spirit is speaking to God. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. We're looking at the benefits of speaking in tongues. So many benefits of speaking in tongues. Verse 26. It says, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads on our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. Too deep for utterance. The next verse says, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. According to the will of God. 
See, we have all been in many situations where we don't know what we should pray for. Many things we don't know what we should pray for. For example, whom you should marry, where you should go for work. Many things, which should I move to this city or not. You don't know many things. You don't know. You need to seek out the will of God. But does the Holy Spirit know the will of God? Yes. Whose spirit is the Holy Spirit? God's spirit. And where is He now? In you. He is in you. He has come upon you with power and now He is going to speak out the will of God through you. Bible says, He will intercede with unspeakable yearnings and groanings. This is the amplified version. Too deep for utterance. That means your mental abilities to understand. That means it's a language your head will not understand, but you are speaking out the will of God. You are speaking out the will of God. In uh, verse 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 says, He who speaks in tongue does not speak to men, but speaks to God, for no man understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. In the spirit he speaks mysteries. What is the meaning of mystery? Mystery means something you don't understand. It's a mystery. I don't know. Mystery. What are these mysteries? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7. It says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. What, are, what is the mystery? It's the wisdom of God. It's the wisdom of God. What kind of mysteries are you speaking? You are just speaking the wisdom of God. And what is the purpose of that wisdom? Your glory. Not His glory. It says, for our glory. God wants to give us the glory. See, if you're in the right place, at the right time, all the time, you meet the right person, you do the right business deal, you make the right connections, who gets the glory? You get the glory first. Man, that guy is cool. Yes or no? God is looking at that. And through you, he gets the glory. That's his plan and purpose. Many times we don't know what we have to pray for. But when you speak in tongues, you say, You didn't understand. That was a mystery to your head. But you just spoke something smart. You just spoke something smart. That is the wisdom of God. What is the result of that? What is the result of that? You're in the right place at the right time. God is arranging your steps. Things are going to happen in your life. Why? There is a spiritual law. Mark 11.23 says, he, If you believe and speak, you will have what you say. It's a law. It's a spiritual law that whatever you say, you're going to get. So what happens if you are speaking the wisdom of God? You're going to get the wisdom of God. You're going to get the wisdom of God. So when you are in a situation where you don't know what to pray, and many times when we are in a situation and we try to pray with our understanding, that's the time all kinds of thoughts will come. You sit to pray, that's the time you are bothered with all kinds of thoughts. You are like, you remember things that somebody did to you 10 years ago. You remember what the neighbor said something. That's the time you remember you have to do so many things. Other times you will not remember. When you sit to pray, all these things come and what is the result? You are not able to pray properly. What is that? That's the enemy trying to hinder you from praying out the will of God. He is trying to stop you from praying the right prayer. He is trying to stop you 
from doing the right things. And does God know it? Yes, He knows. So what did He do? He gave you this ability to speak in tongues. What is happening when you speak in tongues? As long as your head doesn't understand, the devil also doesn't understand. When your head doesn't understand, he can't mess with it. You are speaking out the wisdom of God. It's a mystery to your head and it's a mystery to the devil. So you are speaking out the will of God. What's the result? You are having what you say. That is God arranging your steps. He is making you speak out the will of God. Every See, you should understand, whose image are we made? God's image. God's words carry creative power. He said and He created the world. So our words have the ability to create our world. If you want to create things in your life, it starts with your words. Nothing happens on the earth till a man first speaks. For anything to happen on the earth, a man has to give voice to it. Only after that, anything can happen. We, because we are living in a voice-created, voice-controlled, voice-activated world. Everything needs a voice behind it. There are so many voices out there trying to speak things to you. So we have to choose the right words. Many times you are confused what to say. So you just yield to the Spirit. Speak out what the Spirit is speaking out. He's saying we are, we are speaking out the will of God. We are speaking out the wisdom of God. The wisdom. And if you read uh, later, verse 9 says, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, we read verse 7 that we are speaking the wisdom of God. As it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. See, this is a very famous scripture. People use this and are confused. They say, I don't know the will of God. Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has ordained before. Yeah, that is true. They are quoting Old Testament. This was written in the Old Testament. So, Paul is taking that Old Testament scripture, putting it here, and then he didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. It says, he continued them in verse 10. The next verse says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. He didn't stop there. That was the Old Testament. Verse 9 was Old Testament. They did not know. Those people did not have the Holy Spirit inside them. They were not led by the Holy Spirit. They needed a prophet or the king or the priest. When the Holy Spirit comes upon these people once in a while, God will speak to the people. Nobody was born again. None of them had the Holy Spirit living inside them. Today, all of us, if we are born again, we have the Holy Spirit inside us. And when you speak in tongues, you are speaking out the wisdom of God. We have the ability to know the will of God through the Holy Spirit. Look at that. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit knows the will of God. And where is the Holy Spirit today? Inside you. With your spirit. He is speaking to your spirit. Constantly, 24 hours, 365 days a week, the Holy Spirit is speaking to our spirit the will of God. So now we have to speak it out for it to happen in, our, in, in the physical world. For you to speak it out, you, have, you speak in the language of the spirit which is speaking in tongues. Unless you speak it out, 
you will not you will not walk it out for you to see the the will of god coming to pass in your life you have to speak out the will of god your spirit knows the will of god why because your spirit is sealed with the holy spirit ephesians 1:13 says you are sealed with the holy spirit for eternity the holy spirit is inside you with your spirit sealed with your spirit and the holy spirit is telling your spirit the will of god but your head doesn't understand your spirit knows but it is not come here it has to come out so you have to start speaking words from the spirit so as you speak out the will of god by speaking in tongues you are speaking out the wisdom of god the will of god the plan of god for your life you are speaking words and what is the result those words carry the same creative power of god what is happening as you speak them out you are creating your world you are creating your future you are creating the days where you fulfill the plan of god you are ordaining the step your steps to be in the right place at the right time to do the right thing to meet the right people to make the right divine connection that's the power of speaking in tongues you speak in tongues speaking out the will of god imagine if you look through the book of acts you will see constantly they they all were filled in uh, filled with the spirit they all spoke with tongues what is the result of that you will see they are saying the, they they were led by the spirit they went to this place they went to judea they went to this uh, jerusalem they met paul met caesar they were able to minister to the people they were in the right place at the right time they manifested the glory of god that is a result of being filled with the spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues the more you speak in tongues the more you are being you are ordaining you are setting yourself to be in the right place at the right time so we all need to constantly endeavor to speak in tongues every day at least one hour we were listening to a uh, uh, one of the world's leading neuroscientists world's leading neuroscientist she's a believer her name is catherine leaf she was she was explaining the sorry carolyn leaf i'm sorry carolyn leaf and she was saying that the highest display of man's intelligence is prayer praise and worship especially praying in tongues when you're praying in tongues something is happening you're speaking words and those are creating neurological connections brand new neurological connections in your brain and certain parts of your brain is becoming active that is only that only gets activated during prayer your highest intellectual uh point is when you are praying in tongues when you are praising god when you are worshiping god that's the time your brain is at its highest intellectual capability see an engine for example let me give this example we know the company mahindra mahindra has released a couple of vehicles so there is the you we know scorpio there is xuv all right these two cars they have the same engine same engine in the in the scorpio it is tuned down to 120 horsepowers in the xuv it is tuned up to 155 horsepower it's the same engine but in one engine it is operating at a higher level of power in the other engine it is op- operating at a lower level of power 
Same way, your brain is designed to operate at a certain high intellectual capability. And that happens when you pray in tongues. When you praise God. When you worship God. You are utilizing the full capability of your brain. We were actually watching the video and they're showing the neurological, brand new neurological connections being formed. It's, it's, it's amazing. Every thought is physical. Every time you're speaking words, something is happening. Every time you're listening, something is happening. So the more you pray in tongues, some things are happening. Suddenly you will feel to go this way. See, your body also feels to be, I, I just feel I have to be there. Some things, when you're in a certain place, you just don't feel good. Like, I don't feel good. What is happening? Certain things are happening. You prayed out certain things that is affecting your body, your senses, your spiritual senses. It is affecting you. So you just, I don't feel good. I'll just not be there. You come out. Then suddenly you get a news, something bad happened there. You just avoid it, it an accident. I, was, I heard the story of one preacher. Uh, he was, he, he's a person who constantly speaks in tongues. So he, after many years, they decided to take a vacation in Sri Lanka in 2004, December. Okay. They planned to make, a, a, so he's a very famous preacher. The whole family, they planned to take a vacation in Sri Lanka, 2004, December. And two weeks before they went, he started feeling something. He's praying in tongues. He started feeling something uneasy inside. He said, something is happening. I don't feel good about this trip. Let's cancel. And the same day they were supposed to be there, the tsunami happened. And the hotel where they were supposed to stay was wiped out. See, that's the Holy Spirit leading you, guiding you. The more you pray in tongues, you're praying out the will of God. You're releasing words that is affecting the words with creative power. You're releasing them. Words backed by the Spirit of God. Words backed by the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That's what's happening when you are speaking in tongues. Not just ordinary power. No, no, no. You need to understand. Every time you speak in tongues, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is being released with those words that you are saying. What is that doing? It is creating things in your life. It is creating circumstances so where you will be in the right place at the right time. It is ordaining your steps. That's why people who are constantly praying, certain things happen for them. Why did it happen? We don't know. But the spiritual aspect is you created it. You, by praying in tongues, you release the power of God that caused these things to be specially made for you. You ordained your step. Sometimes certain things which are not there are made specifically for you. Why? Because you are praying out the will of God. Praying out the will of God. It's amazing. The power of praying in tongues. It builds you up spiritually. It makes sure you are connected to the power from heaven. The generators of heaven. Why? So the power of God, the glory of God can be manifested through you. It can be manifested through you. That's the will of God. So we cannot neglect this gift that God has given us. Each one of us should be praying in tongues. Every day. At least an hour. If you have received, if, you're, if, you, if you are praying in tongues, you should know for sure that you have received the power. You have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That power is there, but for it to show up, you have to be constantly filled. 
You have to be ready for the power to be available. Like I said, the example of, uh, uh, of the mobile phone. The latest phone with the latest features, but it is useless without power. You don't say, oh, I have to make a call, so now I'm going to charge. No. You keep it charged all the time. The moment certain people, when it becomes 90%, they connect it back. Why? Because they can't afford to miss a call. They can't afford to lose, uh, to let the battery fall beyond a certain level because they have to play the game. See, are you saying that? Why? They want to be ready all the time. They don't want to lack power. So you keep it connected. Same way, you don't know when God is going to use you. As you walk down the street, you might see somebody who is sick. Be ready to, to release that power. Go lay hands on them. Pray for them. What is happening? That same power that raised Christ from the dead is flowing through you. And what happens when the power is manifested? They get healed. And who did the miracle? Not you, Jesus. Why did he do the miracle? Because he's alive. He's alive. You become a powerful witness of the resurrected Christ. And for that to happen, you have to be in the right place at the right time. So what do you do? You speak out those words. You're speaking out your future. I constantly believe that I am where I am today is because of all the praying in tongues that I did years ago. Praying in tongues. Are the example of me meeting my wife. Just because of praying in tongues. God, it, was, it happened like this that in 2003, no, no 2004, 2004, in the month of April, I just felt like I should pray for my life partner. So I started praying in tongues. I took uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16 and 17, start, read it, I said, all right, Lord, you said, it's a promise, none shall lack their mate. It's your promise, you said it, the, and all, all these things shall come to pass. His mouth has spoken and his spirit will gather them together. Look at that, it says, the spirit will gather them. So I kind of figured out, all right, if the spirit is supposed to gather, then I better let the spirit do the speaking. Rather than me speaking my own wisdom, I let the Spirit do the speaking. So I started speaking in tongues. So I continued to pray in tongues for about a month. Then after about 29, 30 days, I just felt inside it is done. I just knew it's done. I said, Lord, I just know it is done. I just know it is done. I'm not going to be bothered about this again. I'm not going to think about dating or anything. I just don't know. I'm not going to be involved in anything. I know you've done it. And shortly after that, the next month, God put it in, by the, in the month of May, towards the end of May, June, God put it in my heart to pray about attending Bible school. So I started praying. Because I knew that if I'm, if I'm doing Bible school, then I have to quit my job. So I started praying, praying in tongues, seriously praying in tongues. I said, Lord, I'm ready to quit my job. If you want me to do Bible school, I'm ready to quit my job. And I started praying because I need to know, if, should I quit the job? Or should I go to Bible school? That was my question. But after about a month of praying, I just knew I have to attend Bible school and do the job together. I said, Lord, I will die. He said, no, do it. My grace is sufficient for you. And he showed me Romans chapter 8, verse 11, which says, uh, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and will give life to your body. So I took that scripture. I was praying in tongues. So I knew, all right, I'm going to attend Bible school and I'll be working also. So that means morning, 7 o'clock, we have to be ready. By 7.30, prayer starts, praise and worship starts, gets over by 5 o'clock. 
5.30 I have to be in office and then I have to work till 2.30, 3 o'clock, 3.30 sometimes and come back, sleep for two hours, then be ready for class. So I needed some special grace. So I just spoke in tongues. I just spoke vigorously, vigorously in tongues, constantly praying in tongues. So I had to be sure. So by the end of that time, I was sure I have to attend Bible school and do this together. So I joined Bible school. That's where I met her. That's where I met her. We were classmates. See, I did not know from Adam that I am going to meet her, that we are going to be together. I never, when I was praying for marriage, I had no desire to attend Bible school. So it's a result of praying in tongues. What is happening? Certain things are being ordained in your life. You will be in the right place at the right time. You will meet the right people. It's like that. See, today I am in ministry because at one time, pastor asked us to start teaching the foundational doctrines. So we did not know anything about it. So we started praying in tongues, studying, praying in tongues. And we had to be sure. So we just obeyed and started with one person. We continued. As we continued praying in tongues, we start, continued studying, God started increasing. And what's the result? After all these years, 13 years, 13, 14 years later, we are in full-time ministry. See, it's a result of praying in tongues. You pray out your future. You're, praying, you're setting the direction of your life to fulfill the plan of God. That's the power of praying in tongues. You're setting the direction of your life to fulfill the plans and purposes of God in your life. And what's the result? You get the glory. When you get the glory, He gets the glory. That's, a, that's one very important use of praying in tongues. There's another one. We'll stop after that. Go with me to the book of Isaiah. Chapter 28. Verse 11 and 12, Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11 and 12. It says, For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. See, God is saying, He's prophesying of in, the, in this chapter, the prophet Isaiah is talking about another age which is yet to come. In that age, he is saying, for with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. And this will be their rest and it will give them refreshing. And this is so true. Praying in tongues actually refreshes you. We have experienced it many times. I mean, we know for uh, a couple of months back, we went through some season of turmoil where we were all affected Certain things happened, we were all affected mentally, we were stressed out, things happened. But we constantly kept praying in tongues. Man, that just refreshed us. Refreshed us. That prepared us for the next step where we saw in, in, a, in a matter of 90 days, we saw a church building uh, completed. In a matter of 70 days, we saw that from nothing, the whole thing got paid for. Look at that. What is happening? Praying. And we did no toil. There was no struggling about it. There was no hard work or struggle. Nothing. You just stepped into the plan of God. Many times when we are tired physically, when we just exhausted naturally, we just go on praying in tongues. After sometimes you're just fully charged. Well, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. 
I experienced this during those days when I was working and attending Bible school. I'm constantly praying in tongues. I'm listening. I don't have to open my mouth and speak anything when they are teaching. So I just keep mumbling, praying in tongues. Just speaking to myself. Speaking, praying in tongues. What am I doing? I'm charging myself. I'm charging my body with the life of God. Why? So I can be attentive in class. I can receive what is happening. And evening I can go and perform my work. I can testify boldly that that season I performed my peak. I never missed one day in, at work. I got all my ratings were high. I had the best performance. It was cool. How did that happen? Naturally, if I'm looking by natural things, it's just I would just die. Sleeping two hours for four months, two to three hours for four months continuously. When you will die, you will be exhausted. You'll be exhausted. But that's the power of God. Surging through your body, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is surging through your body. It is giving life to your body. You pray in tongues. You're releasing that power. You're being a channel for the power of God to manifest through you. What is the result? Man, I got glory. God got the glory. Special glory. She is my glory. I met her. It's, it's, it's true. Praying in tongues releases you to fulfill the plan of purpose of God. It will cause you, it will align your steps to be in the right place at the right time to fulfill the plan of God. It's amazing. It's amazing. This is so powerful. That's why all of us, at least an hour, be praying in tongues. Be praying in tongues. So if you have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, today is your chance. If you want to receive it, we will lay hands on you. It's very simple. All you need to do is believe. Just say, Lord, I believe this is for me. You want me to receive this power so I can be a witness. You don't have to wait. There are many doctrines out there that tell people you have to pray and fast and wait. You don't have to. That's a completely wrong teaching. You want proof? Let's look at Acts chapter 10. We'll close with that. The time is almost running out. Acts chapter 10. Oops. The story is Peter in Cornelius' house. Peter had a vision. God told him to go to a certain uh, unbeliever's house, Cornelius. And there he will meet certain people to whom he will say words by which they will get saved. He had a supernatural experience. A vision and an angel appeared to him and told him to go there. So he was obeying God. He went there and he preached Jesus. So let's uh, look at that. Mm, Acts chapter 10. If you read from verse 33 onwards, Peter is preaching the gospel. He's preaching the gospel. All right. And verse 45. And those, uh, see, verse 44. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Look at that. These are brand new believers. They were unbelievers a few minutes ago. They heard Peter preach. They believed, they received, and Peter, as Peter was continuing to preach, they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. All those people. 
They did not wait to get water baptized. They did not fast and pray. No. These are unbelievers. They are not Jews. Peter was preaching. They all received. Instantly. And after they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, then they are saying, now let them go and get water baptized. After they received the baptism in the Spirit. Look at that. So the wrong teachings out there that says you have to fast and pray and wait. Only then you will receive and you have to take water baptism also. Otherwise you will not receive. That is just, just useless teaching. I don't want to use any other word. Those are just a bunch of gas. Useless. Because those are hindering people from being a powerful witness. Those kind of teachings stop people. So what if you are a new believer? You can testify of the goodness of God. You can receive power. You receive Jesus, you are qualified to receive power. All you need to do is believe. Now the same power that raised you, who are spiritually dead, he made you alive now. You are being a channel for the power to flow through you and raise somebody from spiritual death. You qualify. All you need to do is believe. So if you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's available right now. The condition is you must believe. Very simple. Just believe that this is for you. Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. So that means you just believe. How do you do it? Just say, Lord, I receive. And open your mouth in faith. Don't speak English. Don't speak Kannada. Don't speak any of the languages that you know. Believe that the Holy Spirit inside you is going to give you words. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. We will lay hands on you. That's like jump starting a vehicle. You know, if you, you know a jumper cable. When a vehicle battery is down, you take the jumper cables, connect it to the battery of a good car, connect it to your battery, you turn it on. The charge in the other battery is going to charge your battery and get it started. It's going to crank your car up. That's what happened when we lay hands on you. We have the power. That power is going to jumpstart you receiving the baptism. But actually you don't need anybody to lay hands on you. Here if you see in Acts chapter 10, nobody laid hands on anybody. They received. I received my baptism like that. I just read it. I said, okay Lord, if they, if they can speak, then I can also speak. I can also speak. I had a friend, my classmate, who got, who believed, who became a believer when we were in 8th uh, standard, 8th, 10th standard. And uh, we were teenagers. We were living quite a, quite a <laughs> uh, eventful life. All right. I don't want to describe much. And then at that time, this guy who also lived like us, one day after three days of not seeing him, he comes back to school said, I got born again. And I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And in front of us, he started speaking in tongues. We thought he's gone crazy. He's gone crazy. And he just threw away all his Michael Jackson tapes, his uh, uh, <laughs> ACDC tapes, all that. Like, are you crazy? You, did, you threw them away. You could have given it to us. That's how we were thinking. He started speaking in tongues. We thought this guy is gone. So... At that time, I caused a lot of problems for him. Like this guy is coming and talking to me about Jesus. We felt condemned actually. So we started causing problems for him. Now years later, after I led a very bad life, one day I got born again. 
Then I, after I was reading, while I was reading the scripture, I was reading about these people speaking in tongues. I'm like, okay, Lord, these people can speak in tongues. And if that fellow can speak in tongues, I can also speak in tongues. All I did was, I believe. All right, Lord, I'm just going to open my mouth and I'm going to speak. I just took a deep breath. I just opened my mouth. And the words that started coming, it was only, my head started saying, nonsense. Nonsense, you're a fool. You're being a fool. I said, for Jesus, I'll be a fool. It was just that one syllable that kept coming. Said my head start, my thoughts started coming. You're a fool. That's nonsense. This is not from God. You are not understanding. How can you speak this nonsense? I said, Bible says no man will understand. I don't care if I don't understand. I am not making ta 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 up. It's coming. So I just continued to say. I just continued to say. I didn't stop. I said I will be a fool. I'm not gonna stop. I just continued speaking. After some time of speaking, it started changing. For many people, the moment they receive, they start speaking all kinds of stuff. For me, it was like this. So you don't have to compare yourself with somebody else. Each person is unique. But the thing is, you have to open your mouth. God is not going to come and force open your mouth. No. You just have to take a deep breath and just release. Whatever comes, just release those words. It might be some stupid word to, for your head. Your head may say, that is stupid, that is nonsense. But remember, it's the wisdom of God. For our head, it may be foolishness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 says, If I pray in tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Look at that. My spirit is praying, but my understanding, that means this space between your two ears, will try to make sense of it, but it says your understanding is unfruitful. So don't worry about what is happening. Just continue speaking. Remember that you are speaking to God. As long as God understands, don't worry about it. Don't break your head trying to figure out, ah, that word, it sounded like this. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Just release yourself. Just release yourself. Just take a deep breath and speak. It's an act of faith. It's just an act of faith. 2000 years ago, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given. It was given for everybody, for every believer. You don't have to fast and pray. It is Holy Spirit has been sent. All you need to do is receive. All you need to do is receive. How do you receive? Open your mouth and speak. Don't speak English, don't speak Kannada, don't speak Hindi, whatever your mother tongue is or any of the languages that you know. Just believe that as you open your mouth, as you release your voice, words are going to come. You have to release your voice. Nobody else is going to force the voice out of you. No, it's not going to happen. You have to release the voice and it will come. It's an act of faith. It's an act of faith. So if you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit today, you can come. You can come forward, we'll lay hands on you. All you need to do is just believe and open your mouth. Continue speaking. The trick is to just be loud. Just go about speaking loud. Because when you are louder, it will block out the voices in your head. Even if it is just one syllable, just continue louder. Don't try to mumble it out. No. 
The more you try to, I've, we've seen this. You try to mumble, you, the voice in your head will be louder. Especially for first time, people who are receiving it for the first time. So we encourage them, whatever it is, just speak it loudly. The louder you are, the voice in your head becomes, that volume is lowered. You're lowering those voices. What happens? You will start seeing it. You will see that there is a release happening. You continue to speak it. There is a release happening. It is for us today. So if you like to receive the power, just you can come forward. If you're already speaking in tongues, be sure that you already have received the power. Just that you were ignorant about it. Like the example I gave, if Ambani comes and gives you a check of a million dollars, if he gives that check to a five-year-old child, that check is valid. That check has the full potential of one million dollars. But for that child, as long as the child is ignorant about it, useless. But you give me that check of one million dollars. I know exactly what I will do with every single dollar of it. Because I know the value of it. The check always carried the same power. But with the person who, is, who has it, if he does not know the value of it, it's useless. There are many believers who speak in tongues. But they restrict it only in church during praise and worship or when they feel something on them. No, you don't have to feel anything on you. It's an act of faith. You just have to know the power behind it. You, are, you have actually received power to be a powerful witness that Jesus is alive. So you can, just, you can receive it right now. We'll pray. And then after prayer, if anyone would like to receive, you can come forward. We'll pray for you. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is the truth. Your truth sets us free. Free from the bondages, the lies that the devil has put in through wrong doctrines, wrong teachings, wrong traditions. Thank you, Lord, it has set us free. Today we stand empowered with the knowledge of the truth. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. We are not going back the same, Lord. We are going back knowing the value of the power that we receive to be a powerful witness of the resurrected Christ. Lord, our lives will not be the same again. Thank you, Father. We are grateful to you. We are grateful for this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are grateful for this dispensation of the Spirit, that we are channels to manifest the glory of God. We are channels to manifest the, the resurrection power of Christ. We thank you so much, Lord. We thank you that we will be powerful witness of the resurrected Christ. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.